0: Before we get into this episode of sports with the Z and T, we want to tell you about our friends from the Mohawk family. Bryce and Taylor give you their fantasy football preview for the season, and we're able to do that thanks to great partners like Mohawk Honda. The Mohawk family overall always loves supporting local things, whether it's sports teams, whether it's podcasts like this, community events and more. We love the Mohawk family. Thank you to the Heron family doing great things. Jeff Heron with a wonderful write-up. One of the local outlets recently, Shout out to the family doing great things. And don't forget Mohawk Chevrolet. We got a show coming. LeVac and we are going to be broadcasting live from their new spot in Malta on Monday, August 16th from 4 to 6. Make sure to continue whether it's Mohawk Honda or Mohawk Chevrolet. Vince, you're following them on social media about all the great deals going on. So don't forget when you're looking for the new ride this summer, selection is king at Mohawk Honda and Mohawk Chevrolet where they always go out of their way to please you. You've got exactly what you need at Mohawk. This summer. Now let's get back to this two part episode of sports with a Z and a T. We made you wait long enough. Let's get those running back calls from Bryson Taylor, who they love, who they can't stand. They'll give it their unique twist here. in Part two of sports with a Z and a T. All right.
1: So we talked about your stud in quarterback, which was Justin Herbert. So my stud for running back is going to be his running back. Austin, okay. Eckler. Austin Eckler is going to put up massive numbers. He is a guy who is the same type of ilk as uh, Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook, or, or not Dalvin Cook, well, kind of, uh, Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley, where he's going to do a lot of the uh, receiving work as well as rushing work. And I think it's going to be an explosive offense. I think the Chargers are going to put up a ton of points. And I think Austin Ackler is going to be the guy that uh, he could definitely win you a league or two if you have him, especially in a PPR league, because he's just going to be a PPR monster. His floor is going to be absolutely ridiculous. You're going to be able to rely on him day in and day out or week in and week out, I should say, um, to put up at least, you know, I think the floor is 15 points, at least in fantasy. And then days where he goes into the end zone a couple of times, he could go upwards of 30 points and 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 win you days when you league so that's my stud, Austin Eckler.
2: Okay, okay. I'm gonna go with, and I am not gonna use him as a breakout. I'm gonna use him immediately as my stud, Najee Harris, mm-hmm. out of Pittsburgh. Guys, I knew the 30, not,
1: That's why I didn't talk about him.
2: Yep, that's I didn't <laughs> I I I avoided him for this reason because I wanted him in this segment. Harris was taken out of Alabama 24th overall for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, When it comes to standout running back prospects, um, Harris is a damn unicorn. He is massive. He's 6'2", 230 pounds, but is also an outstanding receiver. Um, This is a guy that is going to come in as the undisputed lead back He is a three-down back. He is going to be out there for pass-catching situations as well. I have heard early comparisons, fair or not, to Le'Veon Bell when it comes to his role in this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And when I'm thinking about Le'Veon Bell's role and what he did for this Steelers offense uh, with Ben Roethlisberger not exactly being a spring chicken – possibly having to check down this Steelers offense. What they ran into trouble with last year was they couldn't rely on the run game and that is their bread and butter. They wanted to rely on that run game like they did with Le'Veon Bell and hope James Conner was able to do. And they simply couldn't. This is a remade offensive line. It's going to be centered and catered around Najee Harris and guys, he is going mid to late second round. Um, (laughs) If I start off a draft with, say, a Camara and a Najee Harris, I think I've already won the league. Um, Najee Harris is he's immediately a mid range RB two with the chance and the opportunity to be the fantasy football MVP for twenty twenty
1: one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't talk about him because I knew that this is where you were going, yeah. and I totally agree. I mean, I mean, just look at at, at the at the Steelers and how they've operated uh, the past couple of years, especially because you have Big Ben, who I already talked about, is my is my dud. So I don't think yeah. their other uh, uh, throwing game is going to be all that special unless they run it through off of play action uh, with Najee Harris as the main threat there. Um, but you look at. you you pull it back to a James Conner was James Conner a guy that you thought was going to like set the world on fire. I mean, he's never,
2: never, never thought in a million years he was
1: going to come close though. Exactly. And what did he do? He was really good behind the Pittsburgh offensive line and with the Pittsburgh scheme. And so now you plug in a guy who is a physical specimen and who is used to ground and pound type Alabama game. So you put him behind that offensive line with that scheme and you know, I mean, sky's the limit for this guy right now. He could easily finish as a top five running back in the league. And I wouldn't be surprised. And like you said, I mean, if you end up getting, I mean, an Alvin Kamara, any of those top guys, those top six guys that we talked about minus say Saquon, because there's more risk there, but like you get any one of those guys and then you pair it with Najee Harris as your RB two. Ooh, you're sitting pretty.
2: Yeah, you're you're sitting pretty good and and I think anybody should be happy with a start like that for their fantasy football draft. Let's I mean, go to the
1: Honestly, I I'd be surprised if his ADP doesn't rise a bit when we get closer to to September.
2: I think I think you're already seeing it and I've noticed it in mocks lately because of the clear role that they've seen so far in the preseason granted it's only been one game, but the clear role that Najee Harris is going to have Out of the gate. I think it's attractive for a lot of people. They're going to run them into the ground. This is what the Steelers do with running backs. They run them into the ground when they're on the cheap. Rookie running backs
1: are guys that can come in. And immediately. They can be just fantastic. I remember Kareem Hunt. When he came into the league. He was immediate for the first game. They played. I I remember because I drafted him. And I had him as, as my fantasy guy. And he was obviously on the Chiefs back then. And the first game they played the patriots i think he had 300 uh, three touchdowns and like almost 200 yards between air and ground like running backs running backs are the most plug and play position i think in football and if you're a stud in college you could easily come out and be a stud immediately zeke same thing stud first year saquon he was a stud these guys can yep. be easily be studs immediately out of the gate and so don't don't not draft him because oh, he's a rookie, do it. Do it, and don't for, regret it. You won't. You won't regret it. Just press enter.
2: Who are you going to regret? Let's go to – let's talk about our regrets, Taylor. Uh, some duds for the running back position moving forward.
1: Dud for the running back position. Um, besides saying don't take Jonathan Taylor in the top just because of everything we talked about, I think my dud uh, – I. I think it's gonna be JK Dobbins for me. Mm. JK Dobbins, okay. I mean he, Interesting. he's not super high, um, but people are taking him as as the their second running back. And maybe it's just me having PTSD from having him last season. Um, he wasn't very good at all. And I don't trust him well, to be the guy. <clears throat> to
2: your to your point, their running back is Lamar. Lamar's their quarterback exactly. and running back
1: exactly and so i don't trust him to be consistent whether he has a couple good games i'm sure he might be better than he was last season because last season he was bad like he was unstartable in fantasy i couldn't ever rely on him he had maybe one good game where he had um he was startable but he's not if he's not getting the receptions and he's not getting the runs because you know it's lamar running um i think there's so many better people you can get uh at his position i mean like chris carson David Montgomery, Miles Gasson, Daryl Henderson, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, all those guys, even Kareem Hunt, I would look at maybe taking before JK Dobbins.
2: I I mean, more looking at it, I do agree with you. And his ADP is, is very high for what you're going to get, which he could be enough to have RB two production, but I think there's value elsewhere especially if you start off like we talked about with two maybe higher end running backs, I think you could do better than Dobbins. Another guy that's going ADP uh, somewhere in the range of 20 to 24 is Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. And that, that is my dud. Uh, he returns as the lead back in Vegas. There's no denying that. However, he does have competition for touches with Kenyon Drake, who has had some success with the Cardinals this year? Jacobs has finished eighth at running back in fantasy points of 2020. He ranked no lower than eighth in carries, rushing yards, and touchdowns. Um, however, his efficiency was horrible. And if you dive deeper into the numbers when it goes to Jacobs across the board, um, compared to his rookie year, they were down. And he's simply not much of a factor as a receiver even before Drake arrived. And that is why Kenyon Drake is there. And we talked about the same thing about Jonathan Taylor, right, Taylor? I mean, if you're not involved in the run game, you don't know who's going to... I mean, the Raiders are going to be behind significantly a lot of the time this season. Kenyon Drake is going to be the guy getting all those targets. It's not going to be Josh Jacobs. How many... How many times are the Raiders this year going to be in positive game script for Jacobs to have a good game, which would be 20 to 25 carries, maybe bulldozes to 90 to 100 yards and a touchdown. That's probably your ceiling for a guy like Josh Jacobs. Um, To me, low ceiling, like I mentioned, he only had three top 10 fantasy weeks last season. And like I said, that's even without Drake and not much competition in the backfield. Um, He's an uninspiring to me flex running back at best this season for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that happening. I mean, I, I, I have no qualms about anything you just said. I, I, I wouldn't take him. I don't think not, not at the position that um we have him, but
2: you know, if he falls to you and you want to take a flyer. If it's depth. Sure. I mean, I, like I said, if he's my RB three by all yeah. means, but I, I like, like, look, there's guys that we're gonna we might talk about break with breaking out. I mean, David Montgomery will be there. Miles Gaskin, Chase Edmonds, Etn, Kareem Hunt. Um, there's just other guys that are more aspiring to me that are down the down the rankings chart that I that I would take over Jacobs. But um,
1: I mean, at least he's a he's a starter and he has a clearly well. I mean, I the, I was about to say that, but he doesn't. He used to have a clearly defined role, mm-hmm. but they brought in Kenyon Drake, and now the role is kind of up in question because Kenyon Drake is such a weird guy because he, he seems like he's never really the starter. I mean, he, he he's billed as a starter, but he's always like splitting a backfield, and he's always like eating into other players or other players are eating into his production. Kenyon so Drake's just, the reason why David like Johnson's it. no longer a Cardinal. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing is like, it, he just kind of eats away. He's like a parasite on other players' fantasy yeah, value. That, there you he go. never really has his own value because I, I, I've I had him on my team before, Kenyon Drake. And aside from, uh, what was it, in Miami when he had that, that run where he was just like
2: amazing. Other than that, it's just been kind of yeah. weird. Like, you, you can't really trust him. So. all right let's go to our breakout stars for the running back position there's a lot of interesting names that could be uh could be of choice here taylor take it away all right my
1: breakout star that i'm gonna talk about and i think he has the potential um he's paired with his college uh uh quarterback yeah here we go i knew you I, were
2: taking it you I, Think Fucker. that
1: he could have a great season, and I'm talking about Travis Etienne yep. Jr. in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's a guy who can run, he can catch, he can. He's obviously he's trusted by his quarterback. He can and probably will be a pretty big safety valve for Trevor Lawrence because he trusts him. Obviously, um, they played together um, at Clemson, and I, I really like Travis Etienne, especially. The place you can get him, you can get him down below, down below Josh Jacobs, Mike Evans or Mike Davis, uh, Ch- Chase Edmonds, Kareem Hunt, and then Travis Etienne right there. He's a guy that I would look at. And if he ends up being your second running back, you feel okay. If you can get him at flex, um, that would be even better. I mean, if he, if, he, if you can have him as your flex, I think you're feeling
2: great. Travis Etienne is a guy that I think a lot of people are getting scared of because of the presence of James Robinson, who was really good last year. I mean, he was a top five running back last year. James Uh Robinson, really, really productive. Um, Urban brought in Etienne. They've been using him in the slot. Very, and I've used this comparison with Najee. I'm going to use it again. They're using him like Le'Veon Bell. Um, and that, that kind of seems like the trend that it's going for ETM. I'm not as high on ETN as I am on Najee Harris for obvious reasons because he yes. still will be sharing a backfield. But I agree with you. ETN's – I mean he, he will be in the RB2 mix in PPR with the chance to blow James Robinson out of the game plan completely by – Um, The second half of the year. And that's what you're looking at with with some of these rookies, right? I mean, it's not so much the first six weeks, but once they get more acclimated to the NFL, more involved in the game plan, what is Travis Etienne going to be for you moving forward towards the most Mm -hmm. important part of the season, which is your fantasy football playoffs? And my guess would be, like you said, a very big part of what the Jaguars are going to try to do. And obviously Trevor Lawrence will trust him.
1: Yeah, especially like you said, like if they're moving around, putting him in the slot and stuff, um, they don't have to strictly have him be the guy in the backfield doing the running, uh, especially if they want uh, to split time. Um, But I could see him taking over a lot of the backfield duties and especially uh, being the guy in the passing game and especially he's walking in and he's already going. I, I would think he would already be one of Trevor Lawrence's favorite targets just by virtue of knowing him and feeling comfortable with him and and knowing what he can do. And so I think they're going to try to get him the ball as much as possible, and I think he's going to do wonders, especially in PPR. I mean, can't stress this enough. If you're in PPR, like these guys who are going to be coming out of the backfield and maybe not even being in the backfield, lining up as receivers even when they're running backs, that's extra value you're getting just by the fact that he could be targeted and get a reception. That's half a point right there. Half a point, you get 10 yards. That's a point right there, and there you go. You're slowly making your way. It makes for the floor can be really low on these guys are really high on these
2: guys. My breakout and it's not going to be a full on breakout, but I think he's going to take that leap and into fantasy football um, elite tier this season. And that's miles Gaskin out of the dolphins. Um, I almost went with him. Gaskin was one of the bigger pri- surprises of last year. He, he won the lead back gig out of camp and went on to play 69% of the team's offensive snaps when he was active, and he was RB8 in those fantasy weeks. Um, He was held without a top-20 fantasy week in his first four weeks before finishing no lower than 17th in the final six games that he played last year. He was competent as a rusher, exceptional as a receiver, which we talk about time and time again um, on today's episode of PPR, especially if you're in a PPR league. He's going to be heavily involved. In the offense. Those are the money guys. Correct. Finished seventh among running backs and receiving yards thanks to an 87% catch rate, which was second best among running backs all of last season with some pretty elite company there. Miami's only notable running back acquisition this offseason was Malcolm Brown. So – Gaskin is is locked in as the lead running back in Miami this year, and they're going to try to alleviate the pressure off Tua um, as they did last year. They're going to rely on that run game. That's what this team is built around: is defense and controlling time of possession, and that that screams Miles Gaskin. I think he enters this year as a borderline RB one, um, definite RB two. I I love what Miles Gaskin is bringing to the table uh, heading into this season.
1: Yeah, he was I was this close to, to picking him <laughs> as my breakout too. So I'm glad I, I changed it up so that we had different ones. Um but yeah he was he was gonna be my guy because yeah I, I think he's taken over that Miami backfield, at least it seems to be. And any anyone who takes over the backfield uh, my mic just like fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyone who can take over the backfield and kind of be the feature back, um whether he forces his way into it or not um i think that yeah he 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 can be definitely be a guy um with a full season under his belt uh in this run happy uh especially if you don't trust two, which you don't personally nope Um, do not yeah so if you if you're feeling that way about two and you think that the ground game is where miami is going to be like their bread and butter which i would agree the touches are going to be there and where the touches are you know that's that's where the points are Touches are most
2: important. Absolutely. So we're two positions in, two positions to go. And Taylor, I will buy you some time here and let you fix your mic that fell apart. Uh, To remind – oh, you you fixed it? Well, good. I still have to remind our folks. Okay. Well, I still have to remind (laughs) our, our listeners that even though we are talking about football, it still is summertime. The temperatures are still rising here in the Capital Region. It's August. It's finally hot. Finally, but that also means that it's trade in season and a lot of a lot of dealers are out there looking for your trade in right now. Uh, there's shortage of inventory in the market, as we have been talking about all summer long. So if you are definitely one of those people looking to maximize the value of your car, but not sure what to do once you get the money in your hands, Go to Mohawk Honda because not only do they give you that top dollar that I just mentioned for your trading, they also have acres and acres of inventory for you to choose from. They have the largest inventory of vehicles in the capital region up here in upstate New York, and that means you could choose the one that's right for you. Some other dealers like to talk about their values, but at Mohawk Honda, they'd rather show you theirs. That's in value in their selection, but more importantly, they value in how you're treated there at Mohawk Honda. So don't go to these other ones. And I said, go for it. If you want to go to these other dealers, I'm not stopping you, but don't feel pressured into buying something from these other dealers because that's the best that they can do. And you're going to settle because you're not truly going to be happy with what you end up getting. Go to Mohawk Honda, buy the vehicle you deserve. Their vast selection of certified pre-owned vehicles is guaranteed to fit your needs, your lifestyle. And not the other dealers so-called values. So this summer and summer is quickly dwindling down. So while it is summer selection is king and no one has more to choose from than Mohawk Honda where they always go out of their way to please you. Taylor, we're two, we're an hour and a half in two, uh, two positions down. Now these next two positions, the wide receiver is more lengthy, but the tight end is not, um, yeah, I would think if, the tight end, we've gone pretty quick. If, if you're looking for our defensive special teams, <laughs> breakdown and kicker breakdown, this is not the podcast for you. So move along. <laughs> um, I'm going to do a kicker breakdown. No, I'm sorry. Uh, go draft Justin Tucker. And after that, I don't, I don't know what else, what else to tell you. Um, Let's go to the wide receiver position because, and I've talked to a couple friends of mine. One of my buddies is very, very into fantasy football. Like I am, it's almost like a sickness. We were talking about this being the deepest wide receiver group in recent memory when it comes to drafting for fantasy purposes. And, And a lot of that has to contribute to a lot of teams are drafting these big time wide receivers out of college. Uh, And a lot of teams are going to three wide receiver sets. And there's a lot of teams that have three relevant wide receivers on the roster. So when we talked about how you're looking at your early rounds, I'm in the personal belief that you can get away with going after running backs early because of the value that you can get way later in the draft at the wide receiver position. That's going to be comparable to what you can get at the top of this list.
1: Yeah, I'm always a proponent of that. I was going to ask you uh, at some point uh your your early strategy, do you go like running back and then try to get like one of those top wide receivers or not? Um my personal uh, strategy and I think you probably agree is I mean, I go running back, running back and maybe even a third running back before I'm looking at wide receivers unless there's a guy who like really I need to get.
2: We're we're going to talk about my logic and I don't want to give too much away because we are going to be competing this year against Obviously each other. And a lot of the Godzilla media family will be listening to our episode. I don't want to give away all my secrets, um, but typically it depends where I am in the first round, but I, I'll just relate because I don't know where we're picking in our draft specifically, but I have one in three in the two leagues that I'm in so far. So I'm definitely going to be doing, Running back in the first round, obviously. But then in the second round, I'm so close that a lot, of, unless there's like a Najee Harris that fell or a guy that I really, really love at the running back position fell, there's good value, like getting a stud wide receiver like a Devon, not a Devontae, like a DeAndre Hopkins, a DK Metcalf, a, a Calvin Ridley, one of those guys tends to be slipping because people are jumping in on those running backs, as you should. Um, because running backs are going to go quick. That's just how it goes. But if I could get one of those three guys, knowing that they're going to be a difference maker for me and then get a comparable RB two after that, typically I'm pretty happy with that, but I I have some years leaned that way and gone three straight running backs and filled where I need to fill after that. I definitely agree with you there.
1: Yeah, it definitely depends on where you draft because obviously if you're doing a snake draft, you, you if you have one of the first three, four picks, then you are you're picking at the end of the second round. Um, I prefer to have a kind of middle to even later on, the double pick at the end, uh, I mean, I, I kind of have a fondness for it. Like y- if you're in say 12 teams, you get 12 and you pick 12 and then 13 back to back. I kind of like doing that because then you can get the running back or whatever that fell say Saquon falls all the way to that last pick or you even get like an Austin Eckler or something like right there and then turn around and get like a Najee Harris or something. That's value right there. Um, and you can even flip-flop. And at the end of the year, you might look and be like, oh, well, Najee Harris probably could have gone in that first round. And then you have Austin Eckler who's like a solid second-round guy and you end up having him, even though you took him first, if you get that value on the back end uh, with running back. But I can definitely see if you if you're staring at, you know, uh, one of those wide receivers who have a lot of value um, going wide receiver with your second pick. But I tend to go running
2: back, running back. Um, well, for, for me, uh, like uh, when I, when I, when I was, when I'm picking one, like it doesn't matter because I have that loop. I have, yeah, I have the last pick in the second and the first pick in the third. So yeah. it, it potato, potato, and really the Even third out. too, like there's only, there's only four picks in between. So I don't know. It it it, it, dep- it really does depend where you are. Um, if you're on the back end, like if you're in that eight to 10 range, eight to 12 range, I'm, I would definitely consider going running back, running back, because by the time your third round comes around, you're mm. not going to have much to select from. So it really exactly. is. It really is dependent on where you are. Let's go to some of these wide receivers real quick. Um, And we're not going to spend much time on the obvious ones um, because there's just so much depth that that I think we want to talk about more of the guys like outside of the top 10 moving forward. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to mention the guys in the top 10. We'll go the next 25 after that, because that's kind of the meat of the wide receivers. Um, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, duh. Uh, Stefan Diggs. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, come on now. DK Metcalf, man amongst boys, Calvin Ridley, the new wide receiver one in Atlanta, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen. Um, This list has Michael Thomas at nine. You got to get rid of him. Justin Jefferson at nine. um, Mm -hmm. The new number nine. And then Terry McLaurin rounds out the top 10. All those guys are studs. And and I know you want to talk about Terry. So I'll let you talk about Terry. Um, Justin Jefferson suffered a little bit of a AC joint sprain Uh he should be good to go to start the year, but I'm with you on Terry McLaurin, but I'll let you say why Terry McLaurin is on the verge of being not only a top 10 wide receiver, but he could compete for top five with the new quarterback in DC.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly it is that he's always been pretty good. And, Uh, You can tell because when he had Dwayne Haskins as his quarterback,
2: he was still still managed.
1: Yeah. He was still putting up decent numbers, not amazing numbers, but they were decent. But the thing is, you could see like the only thing that was holding him back, it wasn't anything he was doing. It was the fact that he had a quarterback who was, you know, Dwayne Haskins. It, It was, it was the quarterback position was holding him back. And so now you go in with a guy who's Ryan Fitzpatrick is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Amazing. No. Is he is he a great, quote-unquote, great quarterback? No. But is he a guy that likes to sling it? Absolutely. And so if you get Terry McLaurin, who's already, I think, one of the better uh, uh, wide receivers in the league, and you pair him with a guy who can actually get him the ball, hopefully, especially get him to the ball in space, who can, like, chuck the ball down the field and really let him fly and not throw it over his head, I really think Terry McLaurin can shine. And, I mean, he only got in the end zone, I think, Four times last season but that's gonna go up I guarantee that's going to go up
2: another guy that I that I think is on the verge of surprising a lot of people is Alan Robinson who who comes in at number 12 on the fantasy football rankings and he seems to be sliding all the time because people are just simply scarred of the quarterback play out in Chicago which I don't blame you, right? I mean, you've suffered through Mitch Trubisky for the past couple years. You had a couple veteran backups go through. Allen Robinson has really yet had the benefit his entire NFL career of playing with a top-end quarterback. And if if we talked about what's going to happen, if Justin Fields enters the picture more earlier than later, he has – that top wide receiver that he can automatically go to. And that is Allen Robinson. And in his prime at 28 years old, he's a borderline wide receiver one in fantasy. Who's had some really bad luck in the touchdown department because of the lack of targets um, simply because the quarterback play was not good. This is a guy that I think is on the verge of surprising a lot of people. And there's value to be had considering where he's ranked at the wide receiver position at 12.
1: Yeah, and it also just comes down to the, the the quarterback position. If you're taking him and you're assuming that Justin Fields is going to be the guy, um, eventually, then you might feel a little bit better about it. Um, I personally uh, don't love him as 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 where he is. I I, I might want to take guys like uh, below him, like C.D. Lamb or Mari Cooper, Robert Woods for sure. Um, I mean, we just talked about or we talked about it in the quarterback. My stud was Matthew Stafford and two of the main guys he's going to be throwing to is Robert Woods, Robert Woods and Cooper cup. I think uh, both of them are going to be studs this year. And um, I would take maybe one or both of them over Allen Robinson, just because you don't know. And we said earlier that, you know, uh, quarterback red shirt years don't really exist anymore, but you know, they have happened in recent memory. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a big one where, obviously, Patrick Mahomes probably could have played in his first year. I mean, the guy came out and like won an MVP. Second yeah, year. but
2: Alex Smith saw the Chiefs locked in with a first-round buy. I think that's True. the difference a lot of people True. seem to forget. The Bears don't have an Alex Smith.
1: Yeah, they don't, but they have an Annie Dalton and, I mean, you know— He's QB one man, so I uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to tell you. I mean, no, uh, I I don't think he's going to stay in the whole year. If I again, if I were to bet, I would bet that he wouldn't stay the whole year. But you never know. And I like to take 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 t- t- guys that I think are gonna be studs no matter what happens. And I think guys underneath him might fit that bill. Another guy that I think
2: I I think is getting slept on a little bit. Uh, is Chris Godwin. And, and granted, Chris Godwin is is one of those guys he missed four regular season games in, in 2020. But if we include the playoffs, he appeared in 16 games and posted a healthy 81 targets for over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, that would have been good enough for a wide receiver 15 finish during the regular season. Yeah, that was a step down from his line in 2019. But this is a guy that, had more targets than Evans, had more targets than Antonio Brown, paced that trio with 71 targets but was limited to 125 fantasy points because of the injury. He's one of the league's best wide receivers um, in catch rate and yards after the catch in East the past two years. The ceiling is a little limited because of all the mouths to feed, but this is a guy, knowing Brady and his check-down tendencies, Godwin is going – to serve as kind of that, not Julian Edelman type role, but definitely the guy like Evans is the red zone target. Godwin is that intermediate target that can blow a simple check down reception and turn it into a big play. He has big time playmaking ability. He is a back end wide receiver too, but because of, most leagues being PPR boost that value up a little bit. Cause he is good for five to 10 receptions a game.
1: Yeah. I think, I believe I had him possibly last year. Um, and he was good overall. He had some dud games and he had some great games. Um, but the, uh, I guess the problem is with the, with these teams that have two kind of stud level wide receivers, it's hard to choose between them. Um, you know, I, between mike evans and chris godwin which one you'd probably take is like you know probably
2: mike evans but i could easily see uh godwin outpacing see, him in fantasy and, and and that's 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 in my in my rankings wise like people want to fall in love with evans i'm going godwin over evans I, I i i would take a bet now that chris godwin will have more fantasy points than mike evans at the end of the season i wouldn't
1: call you crazy and that's the thing where it's if you if you're drafting it's hard for me it's the same thing with kind of like CD Lamb and Amari Cooper to where and i like CD like, over Amari this is uh, of course uh let's preface it with being um uh dak being healthy um but Correct. yeah y- you got you got those two guys and it's like which one do you choose because they're both good i suppose if you if you have one or the other you're just going to have to live with it they're going to outshine each other some days more than like they're not both going to go off probably most games um and so i i like cd lamb a lot but man if you're making me pick between them i really don't know like it i don't trust amari cooper through and through so i guess i'm probably gonna go cd lamb i've had amari cooper and he's burned me a couple times because sometimes he just doesn't show up or like he just does, doesn't get targets he's taking all the looks mm-hmm. um from the defense and he's just not there and same with mike evans mike evans i feel like is a lot more injury prone if i had to pick between the two so i think very Godwin. So. Is, yeah godwin is very much uh the safer bet between the two um but then what about guys like robert woods and cooper cup you take woods over cup
2: yeah and i think he's just simply when it comes to robert woods he's one of the most underappreciated players in fantasy I agree. um he was wide receiver 15 in fantasy during 12 healthy games uh last year or in 2017 and has appeared in 15 plus games each of the past three years and finished all three as a top 14 fantasy wide receiver um, his usage is consistent. His target shares over the past four years 24%, 25%, 23%, 24%. So he's he has a significant hmm. role in the Rams offense. He's finished no lower than third in snaps, 11th in routes. Um, he was over his head in the touchdown department in 2020, which was eight, but he also adds value as a rusher because they use him out of the backfield, which is yep. interesting. Um, He's a low ceiling but solid wide receiver, too, that you can rely on consistent production. By the way, he has that boost in quarterback that we've mentioned multiple times already on this show, which is that in Matthew Stafford. But you can't go wrong with Cooper Cup either. I mean, that this this is a guy, and this is what I was talking about when we opened up this wide receiver segment, a lot of these teams oh have God. significant three wide receiver sets that you can rely on all these guys. I mean, we, we just mentioned the bucks. We just mentioned <laughs> the Cowboys, the Rams. Uh, you, you could talk about the Bengals with Boyd and chase and Higgins, um, go on with the Niners and Iuke and Debo. You have the Eagles with Ray and Devontae Smith. You have, uh, Fal- Locket and Seattle uh, and Locket and decaf uh, and DK Metcalf you have <laughs> D-caf. the
1: f- D- decaf. <laughs> I want you decaf
2: call D- yeah you, you have the Steelers with Deontay Johnson and Juju um I'm just going down the list Carolina with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore uh the Jaguars now with LaVishka Chanel and DJ Chark. I mean Miami with Parker and Waddle and Fuller. I mean, mm-hmm. and this is my point, guys. You can find depth. I mean, I'm going. Let me go. I mean, I'm going down to sixty, and that's where Darnell Mooney, who I know you want to talk about, is. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name because I think he's for our next segment. But uh, I mean, I mean, you you look at the value and, and I'm not saying these are some of these guys you want starting um, but there's value and you know the running backs are gonna go go and get your running backs because there's value later on
1: yeah for sure that's what I that's always been my strategy uh, and especially this year I mean there's so many guys and any one of them can have a breakout season because you look oh a <laughs> little motorcycle guy going by yeah oh, um, get her done (laughs) um but yeah you like and and then you have guys who are gonna have breakout seasons or possible breakout season you look at guys like chase claypool last year no one expected him to go out and do it but then he does and 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 then you have value there so you can definitely find value even i'm looking down like at this list and 39 for me i don't know where he is ranked for you but 39 jerry judy uh, for the Denver uh, Broncos, and I love... they got about him. forty-two here. Yeah, he, so. he. I mean, he doesn't have an amazing quarterback in Drew Locke, but you never know. He might even get uh, if they get
2: lucky. They might get a uh, Deshaun Watson. He's, he's a risky pick, and and certainly not somebody that I want in my starting lineup. But somebody that I want to stash on my bench, and maybe the connection is there. Like you look at the you look at what's surrounding. Judy and you, you look at Landry, who's going to be the wide receiver one in in Cleveland. Um, Lavishka Chanel, Hollywood Brown, Gallup, Devontae Smith, um, Devontae Parker, Corey Davis, Antonio Brown. I'm taking Antonio Brown before I take Jerry Judy. Um, mm-hmm. Jalen waddle I think I'd like before Judy, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, to our point, um, that's wide like, receiver, wide receiver is deep. Uh, let's go to our stud, DUD, and breakout because we're nearing two hours here, and yeah, we have sure. tight tight ends to go. Look, this is a fantasy football special, guys, and I appreciate you guys hanging in. We're breaking it down. You don't have to listen to the show all at once, but uh, this uh, is uh, going uh, to be I'm, a perfect tune up to get you guys ready for your draft. I'm
1: fairly certain that this conversation right now might end up being in a part two if uh, if God splits it, um, but if you're listening to part two and you're, you're down for fantasy, we're down for it. We love talking about it. So we're here to help. If you, if you are questioning any of these guys, we're trying to break it down to the best of our ability. Uh, so you can have a fun draft and have a fun season. Maybe win yeah. some money or something.
2: Yeah. Besides the guys in Godzilla media, we want you guys to win. So we're putting you in the <laughs> best position that we feel, uh, that we could do that. If you're the Travis and Rigney show or you're Brian Katie or you're guys, uh, Get the hell out of here! All right, yeah. yeah. Stop <laughs> listening. Stop listening to our strategies. Uh, um, <laughs> but no. Let's let's move on to stud, dud, and breakout here for the wide receiver positions. Uh, take it away, Taylor. Who's gonna be your stud? And, and I have a feeling we already talked about him, but maybe you have somebody
0: else in mind that you're gonna go with your stud for wide receiver. Hey, it's Goss here from Getting There with Goss. Gaz in the Go. Lavak and Gaz. You're listening to Godzilla Media Podcast and for those things to happen, for us to continue to have great content, we hope that you continue to support our sponsors like our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy. If you're looking to make that change, air conditioning, ventilation in your home, whatever it might be, heating, Johnstone Supply is the place for you right on 6th Avenue in Troy. Going on right now, Fujitsu ductless splits. Energy saving, ultra low temperature models that you can have in your home. Also, Johnson Supply is now carrying the J Series VRF systems for even more efficiency and flexibility. And if you're looking for that basic, cost efficient option, they now have the Westinghouse made by Fujitsu as well. So they've got all the things you need. Great people. Say hello to my guy, Tom, in there, James, and Kevin, or Rob, whoever it might be. You've already got the intro to the people you want. Tom, James, Kevin, Rob. Those are the guys working the front desk. Maybe you'll be able to see our guy, the boss, George. If you want to learn more about George and Johnstone Supply and Troy, check out their feature here on Godzilla Media, where we talk about Johnstone Supply and Troy. You can check out the inside and more. you're looking to make the change, check them out. Johnstonesupply.com or call them today. 518-272-5992. 518-272-5922. Johnstone Supply in Troy. Also, we got to give love to our friends over at Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Your best way back to normal. TEfirewater.com. Get their number down right now. Write down their information because maybe in the future, mold damage, fire, water, something may be happening to your home that you're not prepared for. Prepare now with Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. These guys, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or the work they do, Mike Corda and his staff will continue to help here in the Capital Region to make sure you don't have to deal with these issues, to make sure that if you have something to happen to something that you absolutely love, you can get back to normal with Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. And thanks to Techies Fire and Water Restoration. LeVac and Gals will be broadcasting live again Monday, August 16th, live from the new Mohawk Chevrolet dealership in Malta from 4 to 6 o'clock. Check out the broadcast on Techies Fire and Water Restoration's Facebook page. Again, Facebook.com slash TE Fire and Water. Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Also, by the way, let's give love to the Albany Empire. The Albany Empire, playing for the championship. Come out and support the team Saturday, August 14th. And if that's not enough, also a quick shout out to our friends over at Smoky Bones. Our home for Monday Night Football here, Godzilla Media's Smoky Bones. You're looking forward to football? The place to watch the game is Smoky Bones. Now back to this Godzilla Media podcast.
1: Terry McLaurin, he's my guy. I think double he's down, a great, double down. Breakout season. I will double down on him. I think he's going to be a favorite target of. Um, Of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and man, we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick throw for 500 yards 400 yards back to back games just doing nonsense and even if it's in garbage time, if it's in garbage time and you think Washington sucks and you think that they're going to be down, then sure, it'll be in garbage time, but you know what garbage time is great for? Fantasy, it's great for fantasy and so I think he's going to be chucking it up a lot of times, maybe they get down, I mean their defense is pretty good, they might end up being a pretty decent team overall Um, but I think that That connection is going to be solid. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick provides a strong floor for Terry McLaurin. I think he's going to get into the end zone more than the four times he got into last year. I think he's going to get targets. I think he's going to get receptions. I think he is going to be a stud this year. And you can get him in, you know, maybe the third round, maybe,
2: depending on how people are going. Um, Now, I'm talking about studs here. So he's high on the list. However, he's still not – being considered a top five fantasy wide receiver. And I think he's going to be the number one. I'll say it now on this show. I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver this year in ink, put it in cement. You heard it here on the sports with the Xana T podcast. If you're still listening this long, Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley for the Falcons after spending the first two years in Julio Jones's shadow, resulting in zero top-20 fantasy campaigns. He finished no lower than ninth, Taylor, among wide receivers and targets, receiving yards, touchdowns, and end zone targets in 2020. He was fantasy's number five scoring wide receiver, and during the seven games Julio missed, you kind of got a taste of what it could be with Calvin Ridley next year. He managed a 31% share and was wide receiver three in fantasy football. Considering Julio is now in Tennessee, Ridley is now Matt Ryan's unquestioned top option. His top competition is probably tight end Kyle Pitts. And who knows how, now look, we're going to get to Kyle Pitts here in a second. But who's to say Kyle Pitts is going to come in and have an immediate, you know, crazy impact. Like a, I don't know, you can't even really think of a, Top tight end that came in with a crazy impact at the tight end position. I can't, not off the top of my head. We'll we'll talk about, but considering he's the second best option, Russell Gage isn't taking away anything. Now Arthur Smith does bring a Mm run-oriented scheme, so that could cut into Ridley's volume a little bit. But considering Mike Davis is the top running back, and don't really know what they're going to get out of the running back position and considering Atlanta, I'm pretty sure is going to be losing and down a lot in a lot of their games. Um, Lovely. Calvin Ridley is going to be a stud this year. And I am willing to say he's going to be the number one wide receiver in fantasy football this year. And I personally have been targeting, targeting him and getting him late in the second round.
1: That's that's bold. Um, I don't think you're crazy. But I wouldn't go so far as to say he's going to be number one. Yeah, I yeah. don't think he's going to be number one.
2: Um, but oh, Devontae Adams surely probably will be, but I couldn't I couldn't. retire that. I, yeah, right. But, yeah, uh,
1: he's definitely going to be a guy that you should definitely target. Uh, there's no – he's got no downside. The only downside you could say is that now he's going to be facing, you know, stiffer defense because you're not going to have, like, the top guy uh, possibly on Julio Jones he's going to draw uh the big um cornerback uh matchup if if that's the way teams are going to they're going to go if they if they match up uh you know their best on their best he's going to get the best um but i think he can definitely handle it the volume is most certainly going to be there i mean he has no real competition for at least in the wideout department i do like Kyle Pitts and i know we're going to talk about him soon um but yeah i think that Calvin Ridley is a safe bet to to be one of the top bar receivers and if you draft him I think
2: that's smart. All right, let's go to the duds. I know I have a big name in mind as a dud, but I'm going to let you take it away first. I hope you don't take them, but
1: (laughs) okay. Um, My dud is, uh, uh, it's not going to be a guy who's high up. I'll tell you that right now. I'm just going to tell you that this guy is a guy that I've uh, drafted a bunch of times. And he is a guy who, you know, on paper, he looks great. And when he actually plays, he, oh, he, no. he, he I think puts you up, taking, you think you he puts up my, uh, he puts up stuff. I don't I actually know if I'm going to be taking your guy. Um, he puts up numbers when he actually plays. The problem is he never plays. Uh, and I know people are going to be looking at him because Miami doesn't have a ton of weapons. Okay. Um, <laughs> but Miami doesn't have a ton of weapons. Um, so you might look at Will Fuller 5 we'll Fuller the fifth and think that he's a good pick. Don't, pick him he can't stay on the field he's already suspended to start the season he's always injured um he was great when he was pairing up with um you know uh the deshaun watson when he was in houston for the times that he actually played and he was incredibly efficient it was like every throw to him was for 80 yards and a touchdown um but don't draft will fuller he's not good and he will get hurt i guarantee you that's my dud
2: Okay, so it's not who I thought it was, but it, but the description it was similar until you said Miami. Um, I'm going Kenny Galladay with the Giants. I, I, I almost went him. I almost um, went him. Look, Odell Beckham had big seasons for the New York Giants, but that was with Eli Manning at quarterback. Daniel Jones is not Eli Manning, so good luck to new Giants hopeful Kenny Galladay. Daniel Jones threw 11 touchdown passes in 14 games last season. And that was not a lack of weapons at wide receiver. You had Sterling Shepard, you had Golden Tate, you had Evan Ingram at tight end, and, and you had some decent chances at some good production from the quarterback position. Clearly they were trying to build around Daniel Jones's off season. So sure, Kenny Galladay's presence helps but he missed much of the 2020 year with hip and hamstring injuries and has already missed a significant part of time in training camp this year with another hamstring issue. He clutched and pulled up, and he's supposed to miss, I think, another one or two more weeks. Galladay had a big year with Matthew Stafford in 2019, but since then it has been nothing but disappointment. Daniel Jones is not Matthew Stafford. Um, the question mark truly lies with Daniel Jones entering a make or break third year. Galladay has a path to solid volume figures to be busy if they can get to the goal line. But the question remains, can Danny Dines really get the ball to him? And I don't think he can.
1: Yeah, I, I almost went with him. I was this close again to picking the same stud as you. Um, so yeah, I, I was, I was, I'm skeptical you know Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones the the Giants offensive line is the Giants offensive line you don't know how Saquon's going to be or if he's even going to be anything at all especially early in the season and so that's going to put a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones and I just I just don't see it I just don't see that offense being anything uh, close to explosive they were terrible last year and I don't think they're going to get much better no. um, if, stink. if, they, ha- if stink. they have if they have Saquon Um, they're going to get better, but only because of Saquon,
2: you ask me who the worst team in the NFC East is going to be this year. And that is my pick, the New York football giants. Um, let's go to breakout wide receivers and you could go a lot of different ways with the wide receivers. There's a lot of intriguing names out there, but I'll let you go first.
1: Okay. So I'm going to go with a guy who is reuniting with a past quarterback and I think People are underestimating him, and I think that he's going to end up being one of the favorite targets for this said quarterback in a new uh, system, in a new place. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Robbie Anderson Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. on
1: Carolina, Mm -hmm. and I think he's, he's teaming up with Sam Darnold again. And I think you have DJ Moore there, obviously, and, and you have Christian McCaffrey. But the guy over the top, that's going to be Robert An- Robbie Anderson. The speed guy, that's Robbie Anderson. So those big, long breakout uh, uh, throws that that go for long touchdowns, if they happen, which I hope that they will. I hope, you know, for for his sake alone, I hope Sam Donald can kind of rekindle like any hope that he had of being a good quarterback. Because, um, you know, the Jets just suck the life out of all good quarterbacks uh that's possible. I don't know if he's actually going to be good or if he's good. I just think that the Jets just like make anyone who is remotely good look bad. So I still believe in Sam Darnold and that he can be at least a serviceable quarterback. I don't think he's terrible and I think that Robbie Anderson being one of his targets in when he was on the Jets, um I think he's going to flourish in Carolina. And I think that he's going to be serviceable. Maybe not. Obviously, I don't think he's going to get wide receiver one numbers, but solid maybe wide receiver two, and you can get him at flex. And I think you can feel comfortable putting him at your flex
2: um, going with Robbie Anderson. I was very close to picking Robbie Anderson, but I am going to go. (sighs) I am wearing it now. (laughs) I am wearing it now if you see on YouTube. My brand-new Devontae Smith Eagles jersey. Guys, the fact that he is going, and you can get him 8 through 10. I've seen him drop down to the 10th round even. This is a guy, 40th-ranked wide receiver out there. The Eagles traded up to get this guy. 10th overall in the draft. Heisman Trophy winner had a dominant 2020 campaign en route to that Heisman. Um, the knock on him has always been the size. We get that. But his skills, man, his versatility, his speed, his quickness, his separation ability, his route running, his hands, six drops on 298 targets over the past three years in college. He is going to be wide receiver one out of the gate for the Philadelphia Eagles paired with Jalen Rager. While it's yet to be seen if Jalen Hurts is going to be a true QB1, just like they were former teammates in your breakout in Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold in the Jets, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith were former teammates at Alabama. They had a clear chemistry. Everything that I've seen out of Eagles camp, they have had a phenomenal chemistry already this summer. This is a guy, Taylor, that is going to be involved in many ways, if you look at what Nick Sirianni does offensively, as you know coming from the Colts, they do a lot of gadget, wide receiver plays, a lot of screen plays. They're going to use him out of the backfield. They can use him over the top. He's going to hit those deep plays. I, there's just too much to not pass. I I, can, I could not pass up on Devontae Smith. If he is there in the mid-late rounds and you can get him as your like wide receiver four – I guarantee you by midway half of the year, he's probably one of your top two wide receivers on your roster. He, this kid is that good. He's going to be involved that much. And it really doesn't matter what Jalen Hurts does because they are going to get him the football.
1: Yeah, and I, looking at these rankings now, just going over it. I mean, the injury that he, he has sustained is a little bit of a concern. It was M- MCL sprain, is that what? that's what it was he has a
2: spray knee might he might be slow out of the gate when it comes to the regular season simply because he's not going to play much in the preseason if at all but they're going to make sure he's ready for the start of the regular season and he has been working on the jugs he's been working he's been at practice every day he's been doing jogs he's been doing sprints he's doing everything he can with what they're allowing him to do so i'm not and all the reports that I've heard from Ian Rappaport, am Schefter, it's nothing to be concerned about, but they're being cautious for good reason.
1: Yeah, okay, so uh, that injury aside, uh, yeah, this guy could be an absolute stud, especially because he's walking into number one status basically uh, on the Eagles. So uh, no matter what you think of Jalen Hurts, what we say earlier, the most important thing when it comes to fantasy is is, is the targets, is the touches. If he's getting targets, he's going to get touches. He's going to put up points no matter how good the Eagles are or aren't. And so if he stays healthy, especially if he's the main guy who's getting targets, then yeah, there's value there just in that fact. And looking at these rankings, you know how I said my dud, Will Fuller, he's ranked lower than Will Fuller.
2: Yeah. There you go. Don't
1: take Will Fuller. Take Devonte Smith because yeah. there's, there's all the upside in the world for Devonte Smith and all the downside in the world uh for Will Fuller so if you're sitting there and you're in like you know the eighth ninth round or wherever and you see Will Fuller Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith you know don't take Will Fuller take Devontae Smith and especially if he's that low on and you're you're drafting and he's your wide receiver four like you said like that's value and a half because his ceiling is a wide receiver one or two it's so come next year he might be in the top 10 to 15 for if you're
2: if you're you're in a keeper league and you're looking for somebody and, and you're looking for another guy to possibly have in the mix as one of your keepers moving forward and you're you're looking for not having to give up a first or second round to have that your keeper be that pick in the next coming drafts, you could potentially be getting a wide receiver one for seventh, eighth round value moving forward if that's how your keeper goes to keep Mm -hmm. Devontae Smith. So definitely a name to keep an eye on. Last position, Taylor. Do you
1: want to just go right into breakout stud for the tight ends? Because, I mean, after the top top ten, I mean –
2: I mean, look, I'll I'll list off the rankings. Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, Logan Thomas, Noah Font, and Robert Tunyon. Run out your top 10 at the tight end position. You have a bunch of interesting names after that. We all know how slim pickings a tight end position is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Taylor, right off the rip. Let's just go right back into stud, dud, and breakout for the tight end position. Um, We know what the top studs are going to be. Travis we, We know Kelsey Waller, Kittle, Andrews is going to be. Who is going to be your stud outside of those guys? Because we're not counting those guys because that would be too easy. Who's your stud outside of that?
1: Man, it's just I can't not just go Kyle Pitts. Right, the, the dude looks ridiculous. He is a freak athlete. Everything out of Atlanta is saying that. It,
2: it, I mean, he he is as built. He is that good. And he is Calvin he, Johnson built people. He's not going to be. Exactly. The, the Falcons are going to use him in the Calvin Ridley role. He's not going to line up at tight end. They drafted him. He could play tight end, but he is going to be used as a wide receiver. Hayden Hurst is going to be more used as their tight end more than Kyle Pitts. This is a guy that is just a freakish athlete who's going to dominate right off the rip. I can see him getting a ton of
1: red zone targets. Um, and yeah, I, I just think he's going, he's basically a, a wide receiver disguised as a tight end. And I think that's how they're going to use him, especially with uh, Julio Jones gone. It's going to be Calvin Ridley. And Kyle Pitts as the leaders in that wide receiver core. I truly believe that. And I think that he's going to have a monster season. I know we don't often see tight ends have seasons like this. I know TJ Hawkinson is a guy who he, in this ranking that I'm looking at right here, he is ranked above Kyle Pitts. And TJ Hawkinson was a guy that they thought was going to be great right off the rip as soon as he came out of uh, college and into the pros. And he had a pretty bad first season. Pretty bad first couple seasons. Granted, he's in Detroit. He's in Detroit. But I think Kyle Pitts is going to be the anomaly. I think Kyle Pitts is a, almost a generational type tight end, um, if such a thing exists. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be an absolute stud, and I don't wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes second overall, even first maybe. But I'm gonna give that to yeah, Travis Kelsey.
2: So, so there is concern, right, with drafting a 20 year old rookie tight end early enough in the pick he's average he he's he's reasonable if he's around in like the fifth or sixth round but I'm not so sure I'm gonna be as bold to take him in the fourth or or the third with some of these elite tight ends because that's where Kelsey or Waller somebody's gonna take him in that range I'm not sure I'm willing to do that with Pitts because there is risk there but it could pay off for for a lot of people if it does happen my stud is going to be TJ Hawkinson Mm-hmm. Out of Detroit. And and uh, the reason I like TJ, first off, because of the growth he had in year two, the Lions overhauled their offensive personnel and not in a good way. You brought in Jared Goff at quarterback, who's serviceable, but not Matthew Stafford. And there's about mm, no wide receivers of honorable mention that I, I could throw out there for you to be even considering to be fantasy relevant. Hawkinson is going to be outside Deion- handing the ball off to DeAndre Swift. Hawkinson is the target for Jared Goff, and he's on the upswing at age 24, and even in a rebuilding office, he's offense, he's viewed as a solid fantasy tight end one that I think can put up top five numbers, and you can get him value-wise um, pretty late. His ADP right now, uh, you're, you're looking at 10th, 11th round for a guy like TJ Hawkinson, and a lot of people are scared because of the Lions offense. Targets is everything. Lines are going to be down. Goff needs somebody to throw the football to. Guess what? TJ Hawkinson is going to be that guy.
1: Yeah. And I I wouldn't argue with that at all. I, I'm just high on Kyle Pitts because I think he's crazy. I,
2: I trust me, I do not disagree with you. I think he's a freak ash- athlete. And I I wouldn't be surprised to see him go in the first three rounds in a lot of in a lot of drafts this year, just because.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I don't think that I'm going to be one of those people. I don't no. really know. I haven't done a, a mock drive yet. I'm kind of waiting on it because I like to see, you know, with injuries and stuff, where things lie a little closer to when I'm actually drafting, because um, everything changes. I mean, it's always changing. Um, but if I were to get Kyle Pitts, I would, I would take him higher. Um, like, say we're in the third round, and it's I'm picking at the back end of the third round if I'm feeling frisky and I feel good about the first two picks and there's not a ton of value at where I'm at um, I might reach for him a bit just because I think that he's the possibility to be that good especially at the tight end position which is you know after the top 10 to 15 guys you're just you're looking at crap it's not like wide receiver where 20th guy down the list can still get you uh, good, uh, good games here and there the tight end list once you get down after the top guys it's it's slim pickings and you're lucky if they put up 10 points
2: let's go to the duds and there's a couple interesting names and this is where it gets interesting outside of the top 10 that could absolutely fall on their face um i'm i'm gonna start off with this one because i'm afraid you're gonna take them and you've taken some know. of my robert Tunyon from the packers um those choosing Robert Tunyon in the first 10 rounds are going to be pretty disappointed if they expect another 11 touchdowns like they got last year. Tunyon had 59 targets last season, which is actually 24th at the position. He was not involved heavily outside of the red zone. So even with Rogers back at quarterback, that's an unsustainable rate to rank 24th in targets at the position, but have double digit touchdowns. Um, especially with Rodgers' involvement with Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. You still have a healthy Devontae Parker. I'm not seeing – Tunyon will put up numbers, but you can get value later on that can put up similar, if not better, numbers with a heavier target share than Robert Tunyon would when you're looking at the first 10 rounds. I'm I'm calling Tunyon a stud – or a dud. I'm sorry.
1: Dud. Yeah, I had uh, Tunyon I had Tunyon last year, and the touchdowns were really nice. Uh, hard to predict when he would actually get them, though, which is another issue. Um, he's not a guy – he wasn't a guy where you could start him every week or at least comfortably because of the fact that if he didn't get a touchdown, it, he wasn't that involved. You're right, and that's exactly what it is, is he was the red zone guy. Whether he will be the red zone guy again, I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't call you crazy if you, if you pick him just because – I mean, well, yeah, I mean, the, the stats are there. Sure. Yeah, he could definitely continue to be the red zone target for uh, Aaron Rodgers. And we know that Aaron Rodgers is going to put up points. He's going to throw touchdowns. And if they have to go to someone in the red zone, they might as well go to Robert Tunyon. Um, but uh, I can definitely see him being a dud, at least regressing from 11. You know, that's a little absurd. Um, but what's going go on to Mine, uh Mine's yep. a guy that I, I'm just going to put it out there because I've been burnt before, and I think that people need to just stop. Just stop with this guy. He's not a top tight end. Stop drafting him like he's a top tight end. Stop thinking that he's going to save your season, and that's Evan Ingram. Do not draft Evan Ingram. He is not good, and he's not good in the offense. Daniel Jones is not like throwing to the tight end, I guess. I don't know, but just the New York Giants don't love – using that tight end position and evan ingram every year he looks like he's going to be that guy he looks like he could break into that top 10 uh tight end range but just don't do it well with advice
2: with 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 a giants offense that brought in kenny galladay drafted Kadarius tony he's now sharing the tight end room with kyle rudolph i'm not saying kyle rudolph is gonna be a Fantasy relevant tight end, or even be the tight end one, but it's enough to take away from already an offense that you have Daniel Jones, who threw eleven touchdowns last year. Yeah, no, I, I'm over it. I had Evan Ingram last season, and I've as a backup, awesome. as a backup, but I had him, and it just he 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 was he was the number five scoring fantasy tight end as a rookie in 2017. And ever since then, it has gone straight downhill. The potential is there, but I think he needs to change the scenery becomes before he becomes fantasy-relevant again. Yep. Moving on All to right. breakout. We're going on to breakout, and since I took away a dud from you, maybe, I, I don't know if I did or not, but I'll let you uh, rip off the breakout since I took dud.
1: All right, so the breakout guy for me is a guy who has the starting position um at tight end uh for a team and he is um in a offense that has a new quarterback and honestly we we I'm not going to we're not going to see really how uh, how this quarterback runs this offense cuz it's going to be completely different and new and I'm just going to go ahead and say my guy is Adam Troutman uh from the New Orleans Saints and I think that having um, presumably Jameis Winston under center. Jameis Winston, if nothing else, he may throw a lot of picks, but he usually also throws a lot of touchdowns. And that Saints office is going to be somewhat explosive. You still have Alvin Kamara in the backfield. And when they get into the red zone, I'm going to think that they're going to throw a lot of Adam Troutman uh picks our looks well, in the red
2: zone well yeah to your point i mean we we, we just talked about it with our reasoning with Kamara. i mean you 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 don't have michael thomas for at least the first half of the year you lost emmanuel sanders you don't have jimmy graham anymore you have Treycon smith for crying out loud battling out for the wide really right now looking as a clear wide receiver one you're looking for another second you know, target, especially in the red zone. It can't be Camara and Camara alone. Yeah, that, I mean, look, is there a risk involved? Absolutely. And, but he's, he, you're going to find him as a late round sleeper that could end up by mid year being your tight end one. Absolutely. I, I definitely, now that you mention him and he was on my radar, I just, honestly, I, I had a, someone else in mind, so I wasn't going to use him. I, I love that. I, I love mm-hmm. the thought behind Adam Troutman. Absolutely. I'm going to go with Irv Smith Jr. with the Vikings. Kyle Rudolph is gone. Irv Smith Jr. has been loved for quite some time now, and he hasn't really been able to put it together. He's entering his third NFL year, but he's finally positioned, in my opinion, for a breakout following the offseason departure, like I said, of Kyle Rudolph. He has thus far been limited to 91 targets in 29 regular season games and has yet to deliver a top 20 fantasy season so far. But when Rudolph was sidelined the final four weeks of 2020, you started to see that potential and what everybody thought he could be for Minnesota, which was posting a strong 15-183 with three touchdowns receiving line. And that was the overall tight end four in fantasy over that span. Though he was out-targeted by Tyler Conklin at that time, I think that was at the point where the Vikings were at as a team. And aside of the boost and opportunity, this offense is high-scoring. Kirk Cousins still flings the football around. You have Jefferson and Thielen, but you're looking for that third target. He's going to be a red zone target for you. But the biggest reason for optimism might be his age. I mean, it, it seems like he's been in the league for quite some time now but he just turned 23 uh, this month and he's a strong tight end to target with room for more that could easily sneak into a top 10 position um, that quite frankly has been begging for some depth for years. Now I think Irv Smith is going to be a Mm -hmm. big part of a top 10 tight end for years to come.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see it, especially, I mean, Kyle Rudolph has always been a decent chunk of that offense. And so, um, you know Minnesota likes to use the tight end, especially in situations where they're like you know red zone um, looks. If they can't punch it in uh, with Dalvin Cook, so yeah, I I I would be happy if I got him late. Obviously, I'm not I'm not reaching for him, but if he happens to be the guy on the back end, he could definitely be serviceable for you
2: at the tight end spot. All right, Taylor, that was our 2021 fantasy football preview hopefully we set you guys up for some success breaking down all the important positions we're not we didn't get into kicker and defense because that should be your 15th and 16th round picks and we'll leave it at that um but we we really broke down each position for you in a way we hope sets you up for some success um you know we we could sit here till we're blue in the face until christmas talking about fantasy football but we wanted to bring you the key points and Hopefully, we we helped some people out there today. We, we we saved a fantasy life today, Taylor. Hopefully, anyone who's trying to draft
1: <laughs> Evan Ingram, don't do it. Come on now, watch that talk, and now he's gonna be like the, one of the top tight ends in the league. I would be laugh so hard if all the duds we said actually turned out to be studs.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll have to that. we'll have to relook at this episode <laughs> at the end at the end of the season and, and how bad we looked. But no, thank Maybe you. We for- were wrong. But thank yeah. you for everyone who tuned into this episode. I do want to thank another one of our sponsors. That would be Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs. Yeah, we're we're both. That's why I'm wearing the hat today. I didn't even put gel in it. It's getting to that point. Go see our boy Jeremiah up off Exit 13N on the Northway. Track season, summertime. You got you got to look good walking into those fantasy football drafts coming up. Get that fresh cut and get that fresh buzz. You could get a close face shave as well. They have plenty of times you just go online, Google Saving Face Barbershop. Their website goes in. You pick the Saratoga location and you can book your appointment right online. He has reasonable prices and they are not going to be happy until you're satisfied with how you're looking and of course you want to look good so go in there you're not going to regret the experience you get at saving face barbershop up in saratoga springs i'd like to thank Gaz and gazilla media for presenting this episode as well and hopefully we helped you guys with your fantasy football selections down the line for taylor Lattimore, i am bryce linski this was the fantasy fantasy football 2021 special edition of sports with a z and a t we will catch you next week see ya